Hey, welcome to the Infinity Bros Podcast, the only podcast that's perfectly balanced, as all things should be, here on a beautiful June Sunday with one Infinity Bro and two special guests today. We'll get to them in a moment, but first, Infinity Bro Isaac. Isaac, how are you? Hello, it is wonderful to be here with the Infinity Bros universe. Now, Isaac, you have a blurred background. Uh, are you hiding something? Is there something you need to tell the bros that is going on in your life? Uh, if there is, then uh, it's a secret, so I can't tell you. Otherwise, I'd have to kill you. So, so you can't you know. even like plug the puppy right now. You got a puppy. I did. I did get a puppy. Yes, that is true. I, I will say that. Um, I think now's the time to plug the puppy. So we, we we did get a puppy. My wife has been wanting a dog for a very long time now. So we finally, I finally was like, fine, let's get a dog. I guess we can get a dog. Um, named her Ahsoka from the Clone Wars. And uh, she's a half pit, quarter mastiff, quarter boxer. So she is, she's like the cutest thing ever. Got some black brown brindling uh going on we'll we'll uh, post a a link to the uh twitter or the tweet that i put up um but she's super cute and we are pumped to add her to our family i am uh added another girl to my family so i am one out of uh the five people in my family is uh the male so you know Cool, I'll be honest cool. with you. When I said puppy plug, I did not expect you to go that long with it. So now I'm regretting that decision. And I haven't even introduced our guest yet. So Come it's on, very man. rude. So we'll get to that. From the <laughs> Comics in the Cross podcast, we have Cross and Nitro here with us. Uh, Cross, we'll start with you, that beautiful accent of yours. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing today? I'm much better now that I'm hearing your sweet, majestic voice carry our podcast. Of course. On. Of course. Um, <laughs> yeah, Nitro, do you just sit and listen? I do. Podcast I mostly? actually record everything. I can't even play it later. So, yep. yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just. Can you say tomato real quick, Cross? No, because I don't say it like that. There you go. That's what I love about you. <laughs> How are you guys doing? Welcome to the show. Yeah, doing good. Thanks for having us. Yeah, pleasure to be here. Yeah, we. We are, it, It's so funny how this works. So, Isaac, if for those that listen to our podcast, Isaac's the big. Um, kind of head of our social media endeavors, and so we've we've linked up with you guys and gotten to know you guys throughout the last couple of months. And uh, thanks again, by the way, you guys helped us out at um, during our um, our uh, fundraiser a couple of weeks ago. So thanks for your help on that. We appreciated that. And oh yeah, no um, problem. And congratulations to that again, guys. You yeah, know, that was like kind that, of like that was like pretty. Yeah, you guys crushed. This is this is something we've been looking we've been looking forward to this. Like this is kind of yeah. a big deal. This is a big. Yeah, this is really fun. Yeah, we've yeah. we've been looking forward to this, man. We've we've only been talking about like doing something with you guys for like I don't know the last couple of years that I've been talking with you. I'm pretty sure we've mentioned media. you guys at least once or twice every every time we do a podcast. Though, so I uh, just yeah, once or twice. <laughs> yeah, but this this is I would like to say this is part two of a crossover because I was on your guys's podcast three weeks ago now. Yep, yeah, so three weeks ago um, talking about the Marvel movies. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Phase one of the Marvel, the MCU. And uh, you guys, we can check that out on Comics in the Cross YouTube. Is that correct? Yes, you can go to our YouTube channel. I believe it's no longer on our Twitch. I can't remember. Some of them I end up saving there and some of them don't, depending on recording issues. Um, but you can definitely find it at the Comics in the Cross YouTube channel. Um, all our previous um, episodes are archived there. I feel like when you say the word Twitch, it sounds like a swear word, but it's not. And I just really like that. It's because I'm Scottish. Everything sounds like a swear word when I say it. Oh my gosh! Yeah, just I never told you this, Cross, but my favorite word to hear you say is murder. I don't, I don't know if you can if you could say murder. 
Yeah, it sounds like we're taking a ring somewhere. A really fancy ring with some elves. They're hanging out with <laughs> murder. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, super excited to have you guys on. And uh, wherever you're listening, however you're listening, thanks for making us part of your day, weekend, or whatever. Uh, we got a lot to talk about this episode with everything going on in the world. Uh, we're talking about PS5. We're going to talk about the HBO uh, Max DC news. Joker is going to be in the new Batman trilogy. We'll talk about others. Some, and unfortunately, we have to talk more about CW stuff because they just continue to be in the news and bother us. And uh, we're going to do Hot or Snot. And of course, at the end, we're going to do our top five rogues galleries because when you have guests on the show that know a lot about a certain subject, you have to let them flex that muscle. These guys are our comics guys, and we're going to talk about their top five favorite rogues galleries but let's not bury the lead out the gate let's jump right into nerd news the ps5 has been revealed and as of today sunday we don't necessarily have a cost on our hands for it but it will be having two different systems at pf5's launch they will offer two options a console with an ultra hd blu-ray disc drive and a playstation digital edition without a disc drive the ps5 gameplay experience will be the same, so the choice is all yours, according to their website. While there are some slight differences in the look of each model for the overall design, they wanted to deliver a console so bold, stunning, and unlike any previous generation of PlayStation. Isaac, do you think like they have to say that, or do you think they could have just, like, we didn't need that part of the description? Or do you get more psyched thinking that through? I mean, I don't get psyched thinking that through, but, like, I mean, they got to say something to make it, like, oh, hey, look, this is the next generation console where we just added a five instead of a four so you gotta do something to change it up but i mean they did change up the look like crazy amount so i mean that's something we'll we'll get to that in a sec i want to talk about all the games here first before we kind of dive into this and what excites us most on the software side the industry's most talented developers according to playstation uh, unveiled a lineup of games that will define the PS5 when it launches this holiday. Grand Theft Auto V started the party. Wow, the party was going crazy at that point, right, guys? <laughs> um, and then, but this is the one that really brought the house down. Was Spider-Man Miles Morales was unveiled. Uh, there were a bunch of other games uh, that they talked about: Bugsnacks, Goodbye Volcano High, Jet the Far Shore, Kena, uh, Bridge of Spirits, Little Devil Inside, Oddworld Soulstorm, blah 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 blah. Third-party games: uh, Ghostwire Tokyo. Godfall, Project Athena, Hitman 3, NBA 2K21, and pause before I ask a question. Am I going to get an NBA 2K commercial without just like showing how much more detailed the sweat is on the players? Like I feel like that's all the trailer is. But why else would you want to know? But why else could you possibly want from I mean, a trailer? I want the most detailed know? sweat possible. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, then I'm making a bigger deal of, of it than. I mean, the the next thing you could do is you could like zoom in on the sweat and like show the actual like atomic particles of the sweat. Maybe I maybe honestly do don't have a clue, gen. Isaac. I'm like with you. I'm I'm like watching this. I'm like this looks nothing different than last year. I'm trying to like <laughs> understand fully what you're trying to give me. It's Zion Williamson. That's pretty cool, but it's like it's whatever. Um, yeah, there's a lot of games, other things we didn't talk about. Uh, but the PS5 is coming and it's going to be here this winter. With Spider-Man in particular, Miles Morales, coming out holiday of 2020. They haven't really defined what that is yet. Um, but we're going to start with with uh, our guest, Cross. Cross, what is your uh, takeaway from this PS5 news? What excites you? Uh, and what, what got you jazzed about this reveal? Um, so I did get to see some of it live. Like I was watching some of it live on Twitch on there and the PlayStation channel. And a, a number of the games did actually kind of catch my attention, which I was surprised at because some of them I'm like, 
didn't really stand out to me. Obviously, Spider-Man Miles Morales stood out to me. The fact that they were going to, they hinted at that in the first Spider-Man game that he was going to be a big part of it going forward, and the fact that they just they pulled the trigger on it and they went, yeah, here's a Miles Morales game. I'm like, awesome. You you just make it exactly like the first one, and there's nothing wrong there. Like the first game was great. Just it was, just do it just, again with just Miles. Just keep going, keep going, yeah, yeah, keep pumping. Just yeah. keep doing what you were doing, and they kind of already hinted at that that it's going to be more of an expansion of it, or like maybe it is going to be a new game. Like they don't seem even like be able to agree amongst themselves. And the other games that kind of stood out to me, I think, were definitely Resident Evil Eight was a big one that stood out to me. I love the Resident Evil games. I think they're a great franchise. They're a great horror franchise and um, video games. And um, so the fact that we're not just like remastering the old ones, we're still pushing forward with new ones. I'm definitely hyped for that. Um, and I will be honest, I, I did kind of cheer a little bit when I saw Oddworld pop up. <laughs> I literally was watching it and went, Abe! You know, it's like, I, I, those games have not been a thing. They were barely a thing when the first PlayStation was around, let alone, you know, most of the people listening to this podcast are probably like, what's he talking about, Oddworld? What the heck is that? You know, it's like, but I, I did kind of cheer for that. I did love those games as ridiculous as they were when they first came out. Nitro, what was your reaction to this, man? You look like a gamer as I'm looking at your background with all the, the sweet, like, in my opinion, the best <laughs> well, setup so far. It. No disrespect to Cross. Cross wow. has the best accent on the podcast wow. right now, but you've got the best nice. setup. Um, <laughs> what, what? Walk me through your reaction to this. What game stuck out to you? So I followed it a little bit on Twitter, um, but I am a huge Ratchet & Clank fan so fantastic oh, i didn't even mention that i'm sorry no no worries I, I am probably most pumped about that game i wish they would have had a a, a bigger uh presentable lineup of games because i'll be honest i've played grand theft auto 5 before i don't really want a rehash of it i guess i don't know uh, with with more sweat if, we, if we're gonna go there <laughs> no, no not nba yeah. not nba 2k so uh I'm, I'm excited to see you know what types of games they're gonna have as they get closer to the holiday season um, not looking forward to that seven hundred dollar price tag or whatever they were talking about. Yeah, I've I've heard rumors of seven hundred, but there's no like, like Amazon is kind of I think the best bet, and they've said I've seen seven ninety nine and seven hundred screenshots, so I think it's up in the air right now, and and maybe by the time this podcast gets sent out, we'll have a firm price on it. I don't know if I trust yeah. that yet. I think PlayStation's also going to try bundling that too. Makes sense. For Black Friday and things like that too, right? I mean, well, we know with COVID. With COVID, you never know. There might not be a real Black Friday this year, um, with a lot of things. Before we get to Isaac, I totally b- uh, botched it on this, but uh, we have a rating system on this show, and we want to make sure that you, the listener, are familiar with our rating system. So I'm going to make sure I put that bumper right here. Here on the Infinity Bros podcast, everything is ranked from a zero to six point scale. Zero meaning horrible, and six meaning absolutely excellent. If all of the Infinity Bros rank something a six, it gets an Infinity Step. Now, to be honest, the reason I'm putting the bumper there, Isaac, is because uh, there was a new Spider-Man game release and a trailer was out. And so you don't have to tell me that you're going to talk about it. I already know you're going to talk about it. So what was your reaction, Isaac, not just to the PlayStation news, but specifically what was your rating of the Spider-Man Miles Morales trailer? Honestly, I was shocked. Like, the trailer looks beautiful. Uh, Trailer is six out of six for sure. It got me hyped. But when I heard the news, right, I didn't watch the whole thing live, but when I heard the news right away, I, I was in disbelief. I was like wait, they're coming out with a Spider-Man game already? Because the speculation was that there wasn't the next uh, Spider-Man sequel wasn't going to come out until 
possibly fall 2021. So when I heard that, I was like, holy crap, that's amazing that we're getting it this early. And then that it was Miles Morales, it was amazing. But I was another, it was another like shock and disbelief. Like, wow, that's interesting that they're taking it in this direction. Um, and obviously he was going to be a part of the sequel or, or whatever, but, but yeah, just the whole like idea that they're creating a game or, um, you know, a standalone version of, of Spider-Man game for him is just amazing. So this news is six out of six for me. And honestly, I was thinking like, I'm going to try to hold off as long as I can to get the PS five, just cause it's a lot of money and I probably, honestly, I don't play that many new games. So I, I was like, you know what? I can hold off until maybe the next summer or something like that until a big game comes out that I'm actually going to play. And when I heard this news, I was like, well, I guess that's it. I guess I have to get a, a PS5 right when it comes out because I have to play this game. Like there's, there's, there's not going to be a Spider-Man game that comes out that I'm not going to play. So, so I was like, I was shocked and didn't believe it at first, but, and then, yeah, I know cross, you mentioned, um, that there was like a Sony exec that apparently came out and said that it was a extension for the PS4. It would basically be a re- remaster and then like a DLC for the remastered version but then insomniac the developer uh came out and said that it is a standalone game but it's significantly smaller than the first spider-man game so even if we get a you know 10 hour playthrough with miles morales i'm all for it and i probably will end up buying the stinking ps4 on launch because of it so isaac what are the odds in your opinion that um peter parker dies in this oof i I was kind of running through like different scenarios in my head and, and Venom has got to come out because I mean, spoilers for the first Spider-Man game, but I mean, he's like kind of a post credit scene or if you will, for the first um, Spider-Man game. So he's going to show up at some point. It's possible. Um, odds. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't have odds for you in, in this game. Are you saying, or just, just in general, in do you think, do you think with Miles Morales, and with their success, in particular with Into the Spider-Verse, and obviously they're on production of the second version of that movie, which you and I love those, that movie, um, do you think they're going to hitch their wagon to this, or do you think they're going to keep them both alive and have them work together, and maybe you switch playable characters and all that jazz? Mm-hmm. I think uh, we for sure will get a legitimate uh, Spider-Man sequel later, Um and I, I kind of hope they they spin this off into two separate like franchises, honestly, because it would be sweet to see Miles Morales get his own leg of the Spider-Man franchise. Like that'd be awesome. Yeah, and the storytelling could go every year. You could do it every year. You come up with a new one, and then you're but you're still able to honor the previous one, right? Yeah, that'd be epic. But yeah. I think I think he's sticking around for a sequel for sure. And then after that, that's fair. You know, we'll we'll see where it goes. Cross, real quick, what is your rating of this trailer? If we're going by your guys' rating, the exact same as Isaac, six out of six. Like, like even from the opening moments of that trailer, when I realized, like, it's just as the camera's going up his arm and you see that it's Miles' hand, I'm like, it got me hyped. Then seeing some of the fight scenes, seeing him web swing, we got to see him go um, go invisible at some point, using, which means they've added stuff so you can use some of Miles' actual like special abilities that you don't get as Peter Parker and playing as him. 
I'm like, it just everything about it got me hyped to play. Like, and like I said, like you could literally release the exact same game just as Miles Morales now, and playing in with all these little changes they've made. And honestly, I would still say it's an amazing trailer. It's an amazing game, and would probably. I'm probably going to go ahead and buy a PS5 to get it, to be completely honest. Well, and even to add on to what you're saying, the play the playthrough of the game really lends itself to Miles Morales' abilities. Just like in how you can you can advance the specific moves you have and the specific explosions. Thing. I just think Miles Morales actually complements that play style a little better than Peter Parker's Spider-Man. Well, uh, and when, uh, when this uh, Marvel Spider-Man came out, like... There's obvious comparisons to the Batman Arkham games and kind of like playstyle and stuff like that. And it's just, it's so cool that you can almost get a little bit closer to that because with Miles Morales, you can kind of play that stealth angle with his invisibility. And that's like, I mean, with the Batman Arkham games, like that was a whole huge chunk of it. And Spider-Man, not really so much, but like you could almost play into that a little bit more, which would be awesome. Yeah. Nitro, what's your rating of this trailer? Uh, I don't know. I, I didn't get a chance to play the PS4 uh, Spider-Man game, so I really don't have a ton. A, a dog in the fight, I guess. But the trailer looked fantastic, and like Cross said, right at the beginning, when you see the suit forming off of his arm or whatever, that's fantastic. It looks awesome. But like, dude, you need to get your hands on that game and play. I know. I really want to play. I don't have a. I have an Xbox One. I don't have a PlayStation. So I. I know. I've been meaning to get a PlayStation Four for a when- while. Yes, when the uh, PS5 comes out, just buy a PS4 because they're going to be like 150 bucks for Black Friday. Console, I'm sure. Yeah, so. I'm going to get one Black Friday. Well, it's crazy. Actually, Nitro, they're coming out with a new PlayStation in the fall. Are you they really consider buying it, dude? I had, mm-hmm. had no yeah, you clue. could get you get Grand Theft uh, Auto Five. I know they dude, already have it, but game. you could get it with this one. <laughs> you could get it with this one. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a great deal. So cool. Well, that's awesome. Let's uh let's move on to the next topic. Let's talk a little HBO Max, which has kind of had a soft uh, opening. We're not going to really talk about their numbers with that. Um, just a quick side note on that before we talk about this story. I like the design of HBO Max. I want to give them credit on the way it looks is a 6 out of 6. I know that the launch of it hasn't been the best because it, it doesn't work with Roku and Apple TV and those things. But as somebody who's using it on his PS4, I really like the look. I think they're doing a great job as long as they can get it with everything else. I don't know how, how many other people that listen to the show are using HBO Max right now, but they got a pretty good library. I like it. The pickle with it is the the accessibility right now. But this comes from Collider. It says, hot on the heels of HBO Max, big debut, the announcement that Zack Snyder's Justice League will hit the platform in 2021. It looks as though the new streamer is already losing a major number of DC movies. The news comes from comicbook.com with the outlet confirming that a number of live-action DC films are temporarily being removed in July. This includes Batman Batman versus Superman, Wonder Woman, Suicide Squad, Batman, Batman Returns, Batman Forever, Batman and Robin, Catwoman, eh, Jonah Hex, and The Losers. Um, some some come July 1st. The only live-action uh, DC films that will be left to watch are Aquaman, Shazam, Joker, Green Lantern, and Supergirl. And HBO Max, yep, exactly. I have no clue why that is, but yeah, let's let's make sure Green Lantern's out there. We don't want to lose that. Um, <laughs> Lord for and, and yeah, but they are doing us favor with Catwoman in their defense. Um, an HBO Max <laughs> spokesperson spokesperson told the outlet, "We have a collection of DC films that will rotate on the platform. We have a new batch coming in July, and then another batch coming in August." Uh, interesting news. We're going to start with you, Nitro. Nitro, what is your reaction to this news? on DC movies and the HBO Max. I'm, I'm just flabbergasted. I'm like, 
dude, you had the ball. There was nobody blocking you, and the end zone was right in front of you. All you had to do was like walk to it, and they dropped it. They dropped the ball. I, I just don't, I don't understand. I don't know what happened. No just, clue. Just doesn't make any sense. Like to literally one of the big pillars that Warner Brothers has that they can put up there, especially with how big the superhero like genre is at the moment is you've got access to not only the current DC movies, but all the DC movies, the movies that are loved out there, like the older Batman movies and stuff, and to go, yeah, we're just going to rotate them. Why? Why not just put them all on there? I'm like, is it costing you money to have them all just on your platform? And if it is, why are those the ones you're getting rid of? Like, I mean, kudos that the only DCEU movies on there are pretty much the good ones for the most part. You've taken off, like, you know, some of the worst ones, but you've still got stuff like Green Lantern on there. Like, really? Yeah, yeah. Well, Lord forbid we, we have Green Lantern leave the platform. That would be terrible. We don't want that to yeah, go right. to Netflix. But, like, why take away the old Batman movies? Why take away, like, Batman and Batman Returns and stuff like that? Really? What? That's one of the things when you're launching a streaming platform. You want to create a nostalgia trip for people to go, like, oh, I want to go and watch that. I've not watched that in forever. And right, and that's, like, what Disney... That's, like, what Disney Plus, like, thrived on was, yeah, they're coming out with new content, thrives, but, like... Currently. Thrives, right. Yeah, yeah, good correction. But, like, they have all these old Disney animated movies that, like, I mean, I I personally still have Disney Plus for my kids so they can watch these old, like, Disney movies. So, I mean, yeah, that's just... That is crazy. Yeah, for, for your kids, Isaac. Yeah, it's strictly for his kids, guys. I mean, you need to have anchor like you need to have anchor shows for if you happen to have a streaming platform you need to have anchor shows that there's going to draw the majority of people in and i mean you're right yeah i just don't get it. it isaac do you think do you think they're trying to create supply and demand here like do you think the goal and maybe cross you can maybe answer this too like because you're kind of asking the same question here but do you think this is a decision to like oh it's not always going to be on there so i've got to make sure i hop in this month because i know it's going to be on there or do you think that the consumer isn't going to think like this in, in any context? Isaac, what do you think? I honestly, like, I don't I don't know what the plan is with this. Because I feel like to draw people to your platform, you want to have things available. And, you know, if, you know, that was kind of the deal with Disney Plus was so many people were getting it for just The Mandalorian. And because they didn't have any new content out there, a lot of people were dropping it. Um, and HBO Max has said they're going to come out with new content, blah, 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 all that stuff. But if you're dropping your current base as well and not coming out with new content, then what, I mean, what are you doing with your platform at that point? I, I, I don't really understand what the plan is at that, at that point. That's the thing is like, you're saying if it creates like, you know, supply and demand, but I'm like, there's, I don't see how it would create a supply and demand. Like, you know, it's are you going to create an outcry for these movies that should automatically kind of be on there? Because when I see that stuff, like, okay, the DC stuff is exclusively Warner Brothers, right? It's like, it's not like it belongs to someone else. So it's the idea of, like, think of, like, Netflix, for example. Yeah, they've got a rotating library of movies, but it's not their stuff. Anything that's actually Netflix's stuff is just there because it's their yeah. thing. They're not going to rotate their originals out. It would make, you know, it would make no sense to rotate netflix's originals yeah. out because that's their, that's their thing. main draw so to go to warner brothers and go hey guess what these things like warner brothers movies are going to be here on hbo max including the dc movies there's nowhere else to get them you can't get them in netflix you can't get them in hulu you can't get them in disney plus this is where to get them yeah the supply and the demand thing like 
you have to have your consumer base set before you try the supply and demand thing. If you are trying to grow your platform, supply and demand isn't going to work. You know, like it's I, I just think it's it's a weird move by them to do at this point. If they want to do that later in the game when they already had a solid base and they're coming out with new content, you know, on a monthly or yearly basis, then that's their prerogative. I still think it's kind of lame, but um, but I just think it's not really a smart business I feel like, I feel right like it was either. framed, the way it was framed when they were first talking about it uh, was that this was the one stop for DC stuff. And now they're just starting to like pull yes. it out. And I'm like, dude, yes. what are you doing? Like, this is the way you framed it. Why are you removing this stuff? Well, and it's interesting you say that because like even with the Justice League Snyder Cut, I was like, oh, they're just going to slap it on there. And again, I've been using this platform the last week. We used it to watch Detective Pikachu the other day. And it looks crisp, and the DC part looks really nice, actually, to be honest. And But they've got some other really great things, but what's going to draw the people in, you nailed it, is DC. It's even for as bad as many of those movies are, in my opinion, it's still going to yeah. draw the regular consumer in who hasn't seen that movie. And they've got Studio Ghibli, too, which I think they've done the opposite with them. They haven't talked about yeah, that Yeah, I didn't even know they had that. See, that... How did they actually... I still don't know how they got Studio Ghibli. They've got like a deal with Disney. Like, how the heck did HBO Max get them? They have them all, Cross. They have them all on it. It is amazing. It That's is crazy. It, is ab- it basically says okay Crunchyroll on it. That that is a that is a weird thing because like like Cross, you mentioned like Disney Plus in other or I'm forgetting how I think it's Hulu actually in other countries is getting a contract for Studio Ghibli, but not in North America. I don't know how that worked out, but HBO Max somehow got the contract for Studio Ghibli in North America. I I don't know how all that stuff shakes out, but it all, seems All super I can weird. tell you is I can see Spirited Away on, on a platform for the first time ever. Like, there have been times where I've tried to w- rent that movie. That's a win. And I haven't been able to find a place to rent it. Like, I, I had to physically buy a copy of that movie because I could never, ever find it. That's crazy. I did not know that they had that. That's, like, one of the biggest, like, anime franchises out there or anime studios out there people love studio ghibli and it's it's the biggest in my opinion like in my opinion it's the best it's cream of the crop yeah i mean that's i'm struggling to think of anything they brought out that i could say is even really really a subpar movie like their movies are are pretty fantastic that's a massive get for hbo max and like you said why are they not talking about that it should be flipped they should be talking about that they should have should that it should be princess mononoke (laughs) it should be spirited away they should be shoving Dude, Princess it Mononoke is one of the best animes of all dynamite. time. Dynamite. Dynamite. Absolutely dynamite. Yeah, I completely agree. I think I, I think we're hitting it on the head here. It's it's strange, but DC does strange things. And so let's keep going with DC News. The new Batman trilogy, which obviously has been delayed, we talked about on previous episodes, is rumored to introduce an all-new Joker. It seems like DC fans may be introduced to another new Joker in the not-so-distant future. Whether or not that is something worth getting excited about will depend on one individual's perspective. In any case, a new rumor suggests that Matt Reeves planned the Batman trilogy will be bringing a different version of the Clown Prince of Crime to the fold to match wits with Robert Pattinson's caped crusader. It's obviously just a rumor for now. This comes from Movie Web. Uh, we're going to start with you, Isaac. Are you oversaturated with Joker? Or is this good news? Is this bad news? What is your reaction to this news? I think I think as a culture, we are oversaturated with Joker, especially with the Joker movie that just came out. Was it last year? Yeah, last year. And and I, I don't think there's a problem 
with Joker being included in this franchise, I just really hope they don't make him the centerpiece of this movie. Um, just because, like, yeah, he's been done so many times on so many iterations, and there's still rumors floating around about other iterations of Joker. Like, even the Jared Leto, I, I heard a rumor that the Jared Leto Joker might be coming back for this one, and then that rumor was quelled by another rumor, blah, 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 you know, all the all the good stuff. But still, it's just like, I mean... We, we already have a lot of Joker, but Batman, and this is why we picked our top five, Batman's got a crap ton of amazing villains. And some of them have not even been seen on live action screen yet. So, like, why don't we, you know, like, maybe develop a, fr- if, if you're going for a franchise, which I assume they would be, it's Batman, so everybody's going to pay to see it. If you're going for a franchise, start with some of these villains that we have not seen on live screen first. And then... You know, maybe like in Batman Begins, we see a, you know, post-credit type scene of of a flash of Joker. Maybe we even see Joker in this film and he's a background villain um, and they never get to face off or something like that. I, I would be fine with him being in it. I just don't want him to be the center villain in this movie. And I hope that's not the case. No, I, I'd like to make a point that he's not rumored to be in this coming one. It, it's going to be the second and third ones for clarity. Oh, okay, gotcha. So that, gotcha. that's a fair point. I don't think that's going to happen. Nitro, what do you yeah, think? Yeah, I would agree it? with Isaac. Like, I, I, I love the Joker. So I'm all, I'm all in to see more another version of the Joker. Because having grown up with the Batman animated series, you had, you had Mark Hamill's version. And then all the different versions of you know animated movies and stuff like that. You had different takes on them, and then the movies. So I, I would I love the Joker. I'm all for seeing him again. But uh, to Isaac's point, I think maybe having him more in the background as like a string puller kind of, and having him meet Batman maybe in like later in the movies would be the way to go. Um, like you said, I, there's like Clayface. He's probably one of my favorites. Like we've never even mentioned hasn't him even been touched before. Yeah. So Batman has a ton of villains they could pull from. And I know they're doing a lot in the first movie, which I think is sweet. Um, a lot of villains, rather. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm definitely down to see the Joker again. Nitro, is Jared Leto a good Joker? No. Fantastic. Awful. All right, we'll move on. <laughs> Cross, what do you think? <laughs> Go in your move. Go. What do you think of this news? Honestly, kind of the same with Isaac and Nitro. Like, I, I'm kind of sick of the Joker at this point. Like, I love the Joker as a character. I think he's a phenomenal villain, but, you know, spoilers ahead for when we talk about the Rose Gallery. Like, Batman's Rose Gallery is in my top five Rose Galleries. He's probably got one of the best Rose Galleries in comics. There's more than Joker there. Like, we can see so many villains. That's one of the things that the the Nolan trilogy is so great for, because we get to see Ra's al Ghul, and we get to see Scarecrow, and we get to see Bane. Is Joker part of it? Yeah, but there's these other villains who we've never seen before on screen. Like, or at least not done properly in terms of Bane. But, like, you know, it's like there's so many more villains they've still not touched you could do some great stuff with. Like, some getting someone, like, really unknown. Like, the first movie, do, like, what the Arkham games did. They made, like, some of the games around, like, freaking Doctor Hugo Strange. Do something like that. We've never touched him or Professor Pig or some of these randomers. Like, make it a small-time star and build to something Condiment, big. man. Condiment. <laughs> Get Condiment Man in there. Yeah, we Isaac has been begging for Condiment Man for years. Um, Cross, I think too. Like we haven't seen a good Poison Ivy portrayal. No, we have I, not. I, I think I want a good that Poison is an Ivy. underrated villain, and in our culture today, the sexualization of women. What a fascinating conversation that would be 
if done in a Nolan um, or, or even just like the how, how I'm, I'm losing the Joker's director's name at the top of my head, but just like in these guys who are not just filming, but they're creating art and having a conversation with their audience about what's going on in culture. That's a character that I go like, man, that would be a fascinating conversation right now to talk about saving our planet and sexualization of women and what men do with it. And that would be dynamite right there. Come out with everything else. And like Two-Face, like we just haven't. I want to see a real Two-Face. I want to get beyond an origin of Two-Face. Can we show Tommy Lee some Because we had the, some love. we had, <laughs> no, we're not showing Tommy Lee Jones anything. It's like. Tommy Lee Jones is over the top campy version, and then we got Aaron Eckert, which you know we did a phenomenal For five job. Minutes. But it's like we didn't get Two Face. We got Two Face right at the end of the movie. Like I, I'd want to jump into an already established Batman where Two Face is already a thing. Two Face is one of my favorite Batman villains. I love the complexity of that dual personality, and I want to see that really played with, and like someone to delve into the fact of this guy literally cannot make a decision because he's at war within himself so he's constantly flipping a coin like do something with that 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 concept in itself could create something spectacular agreed and and to be honest every batman villain what makes him so incredible is they are all foils to his character of bruce wayne and and that is why they're so and we'll talk about that later in our top five but you're, you're nailing it you're nailing it right there i i will step in and say this about joker real quick is you need to do everything you can to get Joaquin Phoenix to do this. Yes, 100%. This cannot be anybody but Joaquin Phoenix, in my opinion. Don't start over. You throw as much money yeah. as you need to throw at him. And it, it, to me, it's a no-brainer. Make him a little older, a um, little more grizzled. I, I have a very hard time right now after seeing Joker, seeing somebody else take it up right now. It's. I said the exact same thing to Nitro. Like we sat and watched Joker, and I literally said to Nitro right at the end of it, and like, dude, they they need him in the Batman movie. I don't know what they need to do, but there's Robert. They have to do Robert everything Pattinson they can. The movie they need him as the Joker, and it just he's yeah. Perfect. Not to spoil it. No, I was gonna say not to spoil the movie or anything, but at the end, you know, after he does what he what he does and his reaction, that is the Joker. It's it's literally perfect. It was perfect. I I yeah. did try to give them a kind of. Agreed. I did kind of like on my Twitter say like the th this is like the third Joker we're going to have had in like three years, and I'd kind of go like three Jokers like hmm they're kind of doing that in the comics right now. It's like I wish that was a really smart ploy, but I'm not going to give like Warner Brothers that much credit to be honest. That it's a play on the three Jokers comic that's coming out in August. Yeah, if it was Kevin Feige, you'd it, you'd probably be seeing the killing killing bat right. Like you'd probably be seeing that kind of storyline that they've had recently. But that's like they're literally bringing out a three Jokers comic and hints of the fact that like, there are three different Jokers that have taken up the mantle. And I'm like, oh my goodness, if DC movies actually had a clue what they were doing, you could totally top this because you've already got two that are so different from each other and you're going to do a third. But I'm like, they're just not that smart to run, to run anything You could that. do a Court of Owls movie and people would... I would love a Court of Owls freak movie. freak out about that. They would freak out about that. I would. They would love it. I would be the first in line if they did a Court of Owls movie. I... I love I, the. Court I of think Owls. normal people would take an obscure Batman villain right now. They would take a Mad Hatter. Uh, they would take just a poison, a true Poison Ivy movie. These are just like these are characters that appear campy because of a previous Tim Burton version, and we need to get past that. Mister Freeze is one of my favorite Batman villains, and it's sad how he just became a joke after what was it, Batman? It wasn't Returns. It was uh, Forever. Oh, Batman and Robin. Because yeah, it was Schwarzenegger. Woof. Schwarzenegger. 
I mean, I can't I can't say that I hated the one-liners, but still, like he's such a complex character, and they made him into a one-liner character. You know, I like, just want to come out and say it on behalf of the Infinity Bros. I can say that I hated the one-liners, and that Isaac does not speak <laughs> for all of the Infinity Bros. when he says things like that. Okay. That's ridiculous, Isaac. Well, you're not a true dad then because you would appreciate <laughs> oh the dad gosh. joke one-liners oh. that Arnold Schwarzenegger The difference is who's saying them, guy. It's not that being a dad. That's not the <laughs> bit. The bit is that it's Schwarzenegger. That's why. I was going to say, I remember at Go one ahead. point when Nolan was talking about the types of villains that he was going to use in his Batman movies, he was talking about uh, using the penguin at one point and how penguin the penguin was uh, out, what is it, Cobblesworth, I think is his name, was actually in, he was actually an arms dealer. And I was like, dude, that's such a cool take on that character. Like, you could totally do that in, like, a real Nolan-esque type world and make him, like, relevant, you know? There's, I forget what comic it's even from, but the panel just talks about how Joker basically threatens and blackmails somebody so much that he kills himself. And that was the plan the whole time by him. Like, talking about just that, how he just controls people behind the scenes. And again, these are the villains that we should be using. And the reason that Joker was so amazing to a lot of people is because it really did touch on a real world perspective. And you can do it with every every single one of these characters. You can do it with Mad Hatter. It sounds crazy. You can do it Condiment with Man King. Matt. You can do it with these guys. <laughs> yeah, I, you cannot do it with Condiment King. I'm Just make him a street vendor. That's all you got to do. Don't That's his name. Do it, you cowards. <laughs> do it, WB. <laughs> <laughs> Isaac's just holding a small packet of ketchup to their neck. <laughs> Cowards! You do it. All right, I think we've exacerbated our DC talk. Let's move on to our next. Oh, actually, no, we have. Oh, gosh. I was going to say CW talk. No. Okay, just pause real quick before I go into the CW news. CW, if you're listening, you're not. But if you are, for the love of God, stop. <laughs> just cease all. And you're wondering, like, what I'm saying stop to. And I want to just say stop. (laughs) There you go. That's my advice to CW. Um, Isaac, go ahead and clip this and make a tweet out of it, okay? All right, here we go. Uh, The Flash star fired after racist, sexist, and homophobic tweets resurface. Hartley Sawyer has been fired from The Flash after tweets containing racist, sexist, and homophobic references resurfaced. In a statement, the 35-year-old actor who has played Ralph Dibney, the elongated man, you know, the one character that we couldn't not have in Flash, said he was ashamed that he was capable of those uh, really horrible attempts to get attention. I regret them deeply. This was not accepted behavior. These were words I threw out at the time with no thought or recognition of the harm with my words could do. And now I have done today. He wrote in an Instagram statement. I won't say what he said, but they are pretty bad. Uh... Thoughts on this just in our cancel culture. Again, cancel culture claims another victim. Excuse the burp there. Wow, that was gross. Um, Cancel culture claims another victim again, but it is a CW star, so is it really that bad? Um, I mean, uh, we'll see. Uh, Isaac, I know how big of a CW fan you are. Why don't you tell me what you think right now? I mean, we've been through this before. It's cancel culture. Yes, the the tweets that he had are bad. Like Those are actually, out of the people that have been canceled for old tweets, those are probably some of the worst tweets tweets that I've seen. Are they seen. worse than James Gunn's? <sighs> James They're Gunn's... Not. I don't think I they don't are. Uh, he had some pretty bad ones, dude. I, I I don't know. But anyways, like, should he be fired over these? Probably not because, I mean, they were, from most of them that I saw were like over eight years ago, I think. Like, I, I didn't see any that were recent at all. And can people change? Yes. 
you know, that what it boils down to is don't tweet stupid stuff on your social media accounts. Like, I mean, people are going to dig this up in the future and, and find it. But I mean, t- to me, this makes absolutely no difference. Cause I didn't even know he was a character on, on the flash until I heard this. So, um, like yeah it's it's probably sucks for i would assume for the cast because they're going to have to either fill his shoes or find some way to ex you know excuse his absence from the show or recast him or i don't know what they'll do um but i don't know it's it's just one of those things that you know don't be dumb and dumb stuff won't happen yeah i don't know man this I did read some of the some of the tweets and they were they were pretty hardcore. Um, <laughs> I don't know about firing though. I, again, this I think it sets a precedent for things moving forward. Like how far back are we going to go to uncover dumb stuff that people have done, um, and then use it against them in the present? Like, uh, and I'm not at all excusing what he did. It was it was awful. Um, but I don't know. I'm I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, there there has to be a line somewhere, yeah, right? Yeah, I though? Agree. Like. You can't just go out and say crazy, crazy things, but at the same time, too, if you said it when you were, like, 15 or 16, not that he was at this age, but, like, I think there is an interesting take there. Cross, what about you? Kind of the same. I'm kind of in two minds about it. Like, I, I read the tweets, and kind of like you said, they were pretty, like, hardcore stuff. Like, they were clearly, I feel like they were clearly cries for attention, and, like, I am trying to be funny and make jokes and the wrong stuff that you shouldn't really make jokes of, oh, look at me sort of stuff. Um, I don't think they were worse than James Gunn's tweets. I think his were a lot more intense and hardcore. Like, what the heck are you thinking, dude? Um, but they were still pretty big stuff. And I don't know. I get why he was being fired. He's coming out roundabout now with all the stuff that's been going on, all the stuff you know that's taking place in America during the whole like Black Lives Matter movement right. between the right. we're in the middle of Pride Month as well you know all these different things that are taking place these coming out and the country's pretty much on edge about everything CW is not going to take the chance at the same time the tweets that I seen were written between 2012 and 2014 that's you're talking almost a decade ago and it's like my my question is like I don't want to pass judgment on a man who because I I said some stupid stuff over a decade ago when I was a kid you know when I was in my early twenties I I said some stupid stuff so I don't want to pass judgment on him, but the people around him are the ones that are more able to make that decision because they can tell if this man has changed or not. You know I hope he has changed. I hope that's not the views he holds in anything anymore. But with everything that's going on now, especially here in America, like they can't they can't let that slide it's because if they do like freaking people are going to come down on them they have to be seen to have reacting to that as sad as it is and and it sucks because he's right. kind of I mean, he's that, kind of what's, what's the alternative like i mean if he doesn't get fired is there any punishment at all like yeah it's just it's a tough situation for for the network and for him right yeah well and, and money's finally consumers are finally talking like to companies and we're seeing this major shift with control of companies um there's still shady things happening in companies but like in regards to like actors and films and movies and stuff like we just saw it with justice league um the snyder cut like the fans made that happen i i think that's i think the good thing in this is if you're gonna say something really stupid and damning someone's gonna come along the way and and call you out for it which is good accountability my question is the timing (laughs) 
like Nitro referenced, and when does it stop? Where is the line? And how can you differentiate tone? But Isaac, you nailed it. Don't say something stupid. If you put yourself in that spot, you play a stupid game, you, you win a dumb prize, and that's all it is. And if we lose this, another main CW character, we could be closer to the CW network ending. So that's good. <laughs> Speaking of CW network ending, let's talk about Batwoman. I said this pre-show to Nitro, and I'm going to say a it transition. again. Transition. I'm I'm so smooth with transitions, Isaac. It's not even funny. That was money. It's like not. It's like you on Twitter, dude. Like you're just like you're just out there making those great tweets. I try. And I just I try. like it every time. Um. <laughs> I've never talked about a show that I will not watch more than Batwoman. <laughs> like, I it feels like every week when we're getting our notes together and we're sharing articles, this doggone show pops its head up every <laughs> single time. And I'm just like, at some point it has to stop. At some boomerang point, boomerang just keeps stop. coming back, you know. It, it, well, I wish it was a boomerang TV show. <laughs> I wish I got the character boomerang in a TV show. I would watch that. Although, if it starred some people, we would probably get bad tweets and then they get fired because <laughs> they're CW characters. Just horrible television. Horrible television. My my wife watches this show called Heart of Dixie. No. Have you heard of this show? It's a CW show. It's horrible. <laughs> it's horrible. It's a one out of six. It's abysmal. <laughs> wow. It's got the guy from Black Lightning in it, and he's literally the token black guy, and he's the mayor of the town. And that's it. <laughs> and that's his job, Ugh. is to be the token black guy. And it's frustrating. This, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm on a tangent today. CW sucks. Here we go. Caroline Dry's <laughs> statement. I'm just done with CW. I can't drive me nuts. Caroline Dry's statement follows reports that Ruby Rose's character would die following the actress's depart departure, but now they're saying that she's not going to die off. There's the article. You can read it. Okay. Isaac, do you care if she dies? Absolutely not. Nitro. They should just, they should just, nope, this is a great time. No, no, I'm, you know what? I'm, I shouldn't have even put it on the docket. We've talked too much about it. I was Nitro, say, do you this care is a great time dies? to end the show. Like, hey, do you, she exactly. The show? Moving show across, do go. you care if she dies? Not really. She's gone either way. Kill her or don't kill her. She's not coming back to the show. What difference does it make if she's dead or not? Praise the Lord. All right, let's go on to Hot or Snot. Here we go. Hot or Snot is where we talk about the things in pop culture. I just can't do it anymore. We've already talked about it enough. Hot or Snot is where we talk about the things in pop culture that are relevant to us today, this week, this last month. Uh, obviously, we talked about our rating system earlier. Are we spoiling anything today on any of our... Uh, Hot or snots. Can be anything we to need spoil to pull... for a long time now, so I don't. Okay, so. we're good. I think I just want to make sure we don't have to. Don't want to plug that spoiler. Uh, that spoiler warning there. I, uh, I'll talk about Ozark season one, but I won't talk about anything else. Uh, we'll start with our guest Nitro. We're going to start with you. Tell us your hot and snot. So I popped by Second and Charles today, which is my one of my local comic shops, and I picked up um, the Batman Who Laughs. I got number one issue. I'm pretty excited about that because I've been wanting to read that for a while. Um, and then Gotham by Gaslight, which if you don't know, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a Gotham, it's like a Batman story set back in like the 1700s in like London. Yeah. Both great reads. So great I'm super reads. excited about that. I got the omnibus on the Gaslight one, so uh, I'm excited to read that. Yeah, steampunk Batman, all the way. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, uh, Cross and I were talking a little earlier, and he plugged a an indie comic that he actually, it's on Indiegogo. And he was talking about it, and I it's called The Eighth, right, Cross? Yeah, it's yeah. called The Eighth. So I just looked up their um, their fundraiser before I got here, and the comic looks awesome. So it's about this guy, I believe, he finds this... He somehow finds a Sumerian armor that takes over his body or whatever. 
and then he just turns into a vigilante. But it's a like I said, it's an independent comic creator, uh, and they're they're crowdfunding for it, and it looks phenomenal. And I think I'm gonna go in on it. My wallet's not gonna like me though, so. <laughs> Nitro, will you um send me the link to that, and I will put that on the show notes for those sure. that want to yeah, support yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, definitely go for that. What should they say? There's like I think there's like, I hope they'll still be able to get it because there's like three days I think left yeah, on the actual. Indigo that's a good point. Thing. There's two days left on it, so. Um, Oh, by the time it gets out, then it won't make. As, it. But just so people are aware of it as well, though, it's like it's it is fully funded. Like they were going for like seventeen thousand five hundred, and they've got like twenty three thousand almost. It's like so. This thing's definitely coming out, and I'm so hyped. I'm getting a hardcover of it. It's... Well, maybe we don't need to fund it then. Maybe we're doing all right. Save your bucks. <laughs> yeah. Wait. Just wait don't for it. To, to, just save it, it wait, to somebody in need. Yeah. Wait for it to come out. You can buy it probably when it comes out. Exactly. That, that it, sounds so. even better. All right, Nitro. You got anything else for hot and snot? The snot. So all right. So there was an article that came out, <laughs> I think it was yesterday. It, it, the basic gist of it was Warner Brothers doesn't know how to make a successful Batman or Superman movie. And I'm like, and you that's when you hear a collective cry from the comic book community. Like, what? <laughs> like, how do you not know how to make a successful Superman movie? I mean, you've, you've, used, you've used the same two villains for four Superman movies, Lex Luthor and Zod. Like let let's try to branch out a bit, all right? He has he has a pretty decent rogues gallery, a brainiac for one. Let let's try to branch out a little bit, and you know. Anyways, Tom Taylor. Do you think Man of Steel is good? I love Man of Steel. That's probably my favorite DC movie. Yeah, yeah. Oh, thank goodness. I'm a, I'm thank a Zack goodness. Snyder fan. Oh my gosh. Uh, up to a point, uh, but I I definitely like Man of Steel. So. And that point that points Batman v Superman. <laughs> <laughs> that Batman versus Superman tips into the point, and then um. Justice League just runs all over it. So I was about to like do a tire pull and some pull ups and get my uh, kryptonite uh, spear out to fight you. If yeah, you know, I love like Man of Steel. Steel. So I wanted to make sure. You... Oh gosh, great! What's your rating of it? Tell me your rating of it. Out of a ten, uh, maybe. Out of six? No, six. No, oh six, yeah, my bad, my bad. Universe. I would now. say five. I would say five. A solid five. Yeah, that's good. It's not perfect. That's healthy. It's got some that's issues, healthy. but I, like I would that. say five. That's okay. I can take that. If you said anything lower, we would have yelled at you. <laughs> well, you you would have yelled at him. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm the only one yelling on the show. You're right. Uh, yeah, that's it for my end, man. Uh, Cross, what about you, man? Uh, yeah, so I had a couple of things. And um, one of them, again, like what Nitro said, is uh, the eighth Indiegogo comic. This, um, it literally just randomly popped up in my Instagram feed one day, and I went and checked it out. And honestly, the artwork drew me in. It was just absolutely beautifully drawn, really interesting story. Um, as we talked about in our podcast today, I seem to be drawn to like anti-hero sort of characters. So like the way this story was going was like, yeah, just kind of right up my alley. Um, and thankfully went and actually bought one of their tiers on it. So I'm getting a hardcover slipcase for the the eighth. So I'm looking forward to that coming in next year when they actually make it. Um, one of my other big hots for this week that we've that's not been mentioned because there was a few on there, but we've already kind of talked about them. Um, was uh, we got the trailer for Bill and Ted Face the Music? Oh man, I didn't even think about it. I have, thank you for bringing that up. I can't, I can't believe we missed that. Like that came out this week, and I'm like, oh, I'm just. It was one of those things. Like, yeah, I'm excited for Bill and Ted coming out, and then I saw the trailer, and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm ready for this. I'm ready for another Bill and Ted movie. I'm just, I'm up for it. It looks so much fun. It's really great to see Keanu Reeves just take on com- comedy roles. Like that is just so. He's just dynamite. What a dynamite guy. 
Did you see that Netflix movie where he was in it and he played that? Oh, I forgot what it was called. What was it called? Always be my maybe. Yes, yes. Max such is going to talk movie. about it for another oh, twenty minutes now. We're here. You're behind on the here. eight ball, Nitro. Uh, Max <laughs> loves that movie. I am the biggest Always Be My Maybe fan in the world. I'm. I might be the biggest fan of that movie. Love that movie. Mark and I just champion that movie. Nitro, we got to get you on an episode. We got to get you on an episode with Mark. I feel like you and Mark would get along. Gosh, man, that's great. Now, uh, Cross, you got anything else? The only big thing I had, I had a couple of things for Snow as well. Um, the first one for Snow was, um, unfortunately, there was the passing of Danny O'Neill, the comic book author today. Or not today, like a couple of days ago. Um, he passed away, passed away at home, natural causes, aged 81, lived an amazing full life. The guy was responsible for writing an amazing run on Batman along with his partner Neil Adams. And revitalized Green Lantern and Green Arrow and created a great partnership with them. One of those comics was actually behind me in my setup. And he'd done that with Neil Adams as well. He'd done phenomenal work. And it's just one of those things that's sad to hear that he passed away. I was like this close to actually getting to meet him once. And it never actually happened. I was meant to go to a con and he, he wasn't there when I got there. Um, and it turned out he, he had to take it off because his wife was sick. So it's one of those things like that. It's like, I really wanted to meet you, but I can't even be mad that you're not here because you're doing it for such a good reason. It's like, but yeah, he's he, amazing guy. Done some amazing work, and it's just sad to hear of him passing away. If you want to hear a great um, documentary where he is a big piece of it, it's The Psychology of Batman. It's a History Channel um, documentary you can check out. You can find it on YouTube for free. It's on YouTube. I'll need to check um, that out, then. I've not seen that. Yep. So it's it's a precursor. So it was like a promotional work for the Dark Knight coming out. So they have a lot of like they they have a whole like fifteen minute section just on the Joker. So it gets back to our conversation of how he's like on a pedestal, but it talks about things we've talked about with Batman. But um, O'Neill has a very very big voice in that um, episode in that in that documentary. Excuse me. And so just if you're somebody who's appreciative of that artist and you want to honor him. And also really get a great kind of piece of layering of the origin of Batman and the creators behind it, what they think. Psychology of Batman, just YouTube search it. It's a history channel. Awesome. Yeah, definitely go check that out. Anything else? Uh, Only other things was just news on a couple of movies being delayed yet again. Um, Wonder Woman 84 being delayed till October this year. And Godzilla vs. King Kong being delayed till 2021. Well, the two big ones that they announced. You're a big Godzilla guy, Cross. I, I, I... I kind of like. I'm not massive into Godzilla. Like I don't go and watch like all the old Godzilla movies and stuff. But like I'm, I'm excited for this. Like I enjoyed Kong, like the most recent one, Skull Island. I enjoyed like the most recent Godzilla movie. And like so, the thought of them together, I'm like, I'm, I'm up for this. Big monsters fighting. What, what can go wrong with that? You know. That's a good point. If you know what the movie's about, it's much better, right? Yeah, it's yeah, like, and you know, it also helps when they actually show the monsters. Like, which is the issue with half these movies. <laughs> Like 2014 Godzilla reboot, I want to see him. That's a great piece of feedback. I can't, I, I, yeah, I double down on that. I double down on that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Isaac, what about you? All right, so my first hot, um, we already talked about it. It was the PS5 Miles Morales uh, announcement, so I won't go into details about that, but like literally it changed my mind on on when I would be buying a PS5. Like I was like thinking, you know what, I'll wait a little bit. I'll get the second or third line that comes out because they'll hopefully have some bugs fixed by then, blah, blah, blah. I see this, and if this is on at launch, I'm, I got to get it. I got to get the PS5 at launch, so... 
Um, it, it looks awesome. I'm super pumped for it. Um, my next thing is news from a long time ago, but we, I haven't been on an episode for a really long time. So, um, the thing that I, of course I just lost it now, but San Diego comic-con, uh, announced that they are going to be doing everything online. I think they, they're calling it San Diego comic-con at home. Uh, it's going to be the same time that it would, would, was originally planned for, which I think is like July 22nd to the 26th or something like that. Um, and I just, I saw that and I was like, sweet. Like I've, I've always, I mean, we, the infinity bros, like max, especially we've all, all dreamed of going to San Diego comic con some year, like making a big trip out there. It's going to happen. Yeah. And like just the fact that we can actually watch all the panels live and see everything as it's happening online. Like it sucks that it's happening online, but the fact that we get to be a part of it is pretty awesome. So um, I'm excited to actually like, you know, pay attention and watch um you know i think last year max you were the one that was like tweeting us or you were like shooting us messages of updates and stuff like that and and you you were like our news source at that point so so it'll be nice to be actually able to like watch everything um live and just just be a part of that so that'll be pretty cool um my next two are actually video games that i've been playing um my number one is smite um, it is a League of Legends type of game where you're playing uh, third-person uh, god hero. Um, I've never been League of Legends guy. I've been haven't been in the PC gaming for a really long time. So um, getting into this was pretty cool. And actually, you guys, I know, I know, uh, uh, Cross and Nitro, you guys have PCs that you would be able to game on. Like this is cross-platform, so we could actually like play together. Oh, so sweet. check that out, and it's free. You don't have to pay for it. So I'd be down for that. Um, actually, it's it's pretty that, it's go. pretty fun game. Um, it is a little bit like I've never played League of Legends or any type of games like that. So there's a little bit of a learning curve but um we've been having a blast with it me and jared especially and a couple of the other infinity bros and friends of the infinity bros so um yeah it's been it's been a blast playing that so the next video game that i'm going to put on my hot list is um an, a game called uh let's see here i had it pulled up what remains of edith finch uh it's from 2017 adventure kind of like a mystery game first player um single player game and i i've had it it, it was a free P- ps plus game at one point and i've had it down or like on my playstation for a really long time and i was like finally last last night i was like eh, i'm gonna boot this up i haven't played a single player game for a long time so i'm gonna boot this up and check it out and i there was a time where i was kind of like into those kind of horror thriller type games and I just haven't played one for a long time. So I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to play this a little bit and we'll see how it goes. I think I'm about halfway through the game. And so far, it is really fun. Um, I, I would highly recommend it for those of you guys who are into those types of like thriller. I wouldn't even call it horror. Um, thriller mystery type games. Um, it follows this girl who inherited her family estate uh, which is cursed. A lot of her family members died on the estate and are like buried um, on the property. And she's basically going through this game, discovering how her family died and and kind of unraveling the mystery of her like family curse, basically. So pretty fun so far. I'd give it a four out of six at this point in the game. Um, excited to see. I mean, these types of games, the end game is always like the what you judge the game by. So I'm I'm excited to see 
what what happens in the end. Um, have had this an old game, so I'll probably see spoilers before it all happens. But but yeah, so check that out. Um, I believe it's on all platforms at this point. It's kind of older, so um, just have one snot for today, and that was um kind of some things related to the PlayStation. Um, uh, totally blanking on the word. The PlayStation presentation that uh that went out. And it was an awesome presentation. Not a lot of negatives to take out of it, but one thing that was a little bit of a bummer is they didn't reveal the price. We already talked about that. I mean, there have been anything from like four hundred to like eight hundred dollars, like uh, put out there for this. And um, a couple guys, this uh, Super Best Friend Video Games podcast, uh, they they are pr- pretty well versed in video games and kind of do a lot of behind the scenes. Uh, video game developer type stuff. And they, they were projecting that the digital only would be 450 bucks and the um, actual uh, console with the CD drive would be like 500. Um, and I, I really hope that's the case because that would be like best case scenario in my opinion. If it's up at like 600 bucks, I mean, I'd, I'd be a little bummed, but at this point with Miles Morales, I'm, I'm all in. So I don't really care what it's gonna cost. Um, and then the other thing was the size, like you haven't really seen any size comparisons, but there's a, a chart that came out and the, the PS five is huge. The thing is a good, probably five or six inches taller than any game console that is out there right now, including the PS four. And yeah, it's like really big. And I'm not a huge fan of that. Like as I've gotten older, portability is not quite as much of a big deal to me, but like back when I started my gaming days, portability was like all like I was all in on the Wii because it was so small and I could take it anywhere with me. Um, you know, and, and just as consoles have gotten bigger and bigger and bigger, that just that aspect of it has, has gotten less and less enjoyable that you know it's this massive thing you got to take everywhere if you're going to go anywhere with it but at you know at at this point when I'm almost 30 years old I'm probably not going to be taking a lot of places so maybe it won't end up making a difference for me but I just think I'm not a huge fan that it's so huge but if it is as um, powerful as they're saying it's going to be and it's got a solid state drive a lot of great hardware in it it's basically going to be a a mid to high tier like pc as far as all the specs and stuff like that like you know it's it's going to be pretty epic so i i probably can't complain too much about the size but that was kind of one one of the negative aspects of it that i that i took out of it so but that's all i've got for my hot and snot it's it's funny when i listen to your hot and snot isaac i i want to snot your whole list I'm incredibly. Yeah, that's that's usually how it goes. Because you and I are just like on like different realms of like what we're hot. <laughs> like, I've like I feel like I always do video games because you do. Much you're all like I'm you're into. like hey dude, there's like Jarrett's leaning in. You can like hear yeah. Jarrett Jarrett's, listening Jarrett's in the like, future, oh, leaning oh, in. Yes. Like, Tell me more, more and more. His phone Tell is like pressed more. against his face because <laughs> he's wanting to touch like your face and like give you gratitude. <laughs> Creepy. All right. <clears throat> Uh, for hot, <laughs> I finished Community. Season six is garbage. Um, mm. hot garbage. I give this season a two out of six, except for the series finale. Six out of six on the series finale. I've never watched the series finale before till this year. Um, I've been pretty much the last five, six episodes of season six I had not watched. Um, I really enjoyed this series finale. If you are watching Community, 
I would strongly recommend you watch a couple first first couple episodes of season five and then watch the series finale of season six, excuse me, then watch the series finale. I think it's a dynamite series finale. I was very actually impressed with how they landed it because the rest of the season is so bad. Um, it's not. I've never seen Community. Oh gosh, I, I hate Nitro. to tell you this, Nitro, you. but you look like a very masculine Dean um, <laughs> from Community, and uh, just yeah, I don't mean that offensively. When All we right, watch it, we'll be offended by that. But <laughs> you're a, you're a much more masculine, cool Dean. I'll tell you that. Nice. You're a good Dean. Um, but if you watch Community, it's a great show. I would highly recommend it. Uh, it's great. I I think a, I think they're gonna have a movie, Isaac. Um, I think they're gonna do it. Um, and I think the Russo brothers are going to make it now that they're so big. So I hope they do it. Um, uh, oh, Ozark. I just finished season one of Ozark actually right before I got on this show. I finished literally the season finale. This show is so interesting to me because uh, a lot of people are talking about its season three finale. And I haven't watched, obviously, season two or three yet. But this show is so interesting. Um, there's a lot of people that are diverse in, in what they want to watch and how they want to watch it. So... I'll kind of start with my rating. My rating of this of this show so far is a four out of six. I like it, but um, I, I've said this on the show. Sometimes if you're going to swear, you better have a purpose to swear, in my opinion. And there are times where you're not swearing with a purpose. You're just kind of being lazy in your writing. And I would argue that the writers of this show have had those moments. Um, for those that don't know, it's basically about a, a man played by Jason Bateman who is a money launderer, and he has to move his family to the Ozarks. And uh, he has to basically figure out how to money launder $8 million um, to the Mexican drug cartel, and then chaos ensues past that. You can kind of maybe read between the lines of what what comes or what doesn't come. Um, I really like this season. I have to tell you, though, Isaac, you and I have talked about this on our show. As parents, um, there are certain things that are triggers for us. And the season one finale has the most triggering scene I've ever watched in a TV show in my life. Um, the last five minutes of the se- of the season, there is a scene. It ends well, um, but I literally had to walk out of the room. I couldn't watch it. Uh, and uh, so just I'll leave it at that. It's a good show, but I would say it is a no way, Jose, can you watch this around kiddos. Um I wouldn't watch it around your parents. <laughs> it's just one of those shows. Like, if you're going to watch it, watch by yourself or your spouse or your buddy is is cool with some of this stuff. It's okay. But the first episode has has some graphic things. The first four or five episodes, there are strip club scenes, and they don't hold back on those strip club scenes. Um, there's a lot of fast-forwarding I needed to do. Uh, but I still feel like there's a story here. Um, so if you are willing to go down that route, if you take my advice on shows like Westworld um, – and I'm trying to think of other shows that would maybe be like, I would say, I think, um, upload would kind of be in this category too, of just shows that like they do some things I don't like, but man, they got a great story. And I think this is a great story. Jason Bateman directs a ton of these episodes. Um, Jason Bateman is a director's a six out of six. I got to tell you. Um, and I'm just calling it now. Don't be surprised when Kevin Feige calls Jason Bateman to direct a movie for the MCU after this, because this, this show is pretty doggone impressive and he keeps a pretty consistent color palette and it's just different. So I, I, I'm calling it now in the next 10 years, Jason Bateman's going to be directing an MCU movie. Um, and you, and you think like as a comedian, he wouldn't be doing that, but he is. So is what it is. 
Uh, I got to check out the Netflix special that just dropped recently from Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle, uh, I want to make sure. Dude, I've been wanting to watch that. Um, this is a six out of six. This is absolutely dynamite. And for those that don't know the story behind this, 846, obviously the amount of time that the, the Minneapolis police officer had his knee on George Floyd's neck before he passed away. And um, Chappelle basically does a live show in a COVID, a post-COVID world. So sometime in the last couple months, he did this show. Specifically, sometime in the last couple weeks, he did this show. They edited it. They slapped it on Netflix. So it is very fresh. It is very raw. He has a specific scene where he talks for basically six to seven minutes, and he does not make a single joke. Um, and he talks about that moment of George Floyd. And obviously, I, we, Isaac and I, we live in Minnesota, and so we've been a little closer to this scene and a little more intimate with it. We're very close to the cities. Um, it is unbelievable. This is an this is a must watch for every single person. I believe that Dave Chappelle is the best comedian of my generation. I specifically believe that Dave Chappelle and Chris Rock, probably Eddie Murphy too, but those two in particular have been ahead of this issue and have talked on this issue for many, many years. And if there are people you're looking to learn from, may I suggest Dave Chappelle and Chris Rock, but in particular, may I suggest Dave Chappelle in this documentary? Um, this is a wonderful, this is a, I'm sorry, not documentary, com comedy special. This is a wonderful comedy special. It's hilarious. You know, you're going to get great jokes. He does swear, but doggone it. Dave Chappelle is brilliant and he speaks so eloquently on this subject. He puts it into great words. I, I cannot speak more highly of this one. Um, it is on Netflix right now. So go check it out. It's, and it's new. It's, it feels in a culture where we aren't getting new things, it feels new, and that's awesome, and I love that. So, uh, just I love that. So, um, uh, and then I think I wanted to, I talked about Ozark. Yeah, okay. Snot. I want to talk about SpongeBob. Uh, SpongeBob is officially gay. Uh, Cross, you talked about it's 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 a Pride Month, and apparently it's time to take SpongeBob sexuality and make him gay. Here's what I'm going to say. I don't have an issue with SpongeBob being gay. That's not ever my issue, actually. I honestly don't care what sexuality characters are. I have an issue with sexualizing kid characters. Um, I personally believe that if it's a character that is aiming for a 14 or under, sexualizing that character and making those choices isn't really good. And I would even argue that there are characters that don't even need to be in and um, what I would deem as normal, air quotes, normal relationships with man and a woman. I, I, don't, I would even argue those characters don't need to even be in those relationships with kids uh, shows uh, because I feel like we as a culture are sexualizing these characters too much. We've seen it especially, I've heard it from students that I work with that they're sexualizing characters that they watched as a kid. And it's just, it's very strange to me. It's very odd. This feels like a very strange character to do that with. It is Pride Month. It is what it is not saying that him being bad is gay i just i as a i believe we need as a culture to slow down on the sexualization of kid characters slow down on that who, who you say they like i'm not even talking about that whether i agree with that or not is irrelevant it's really just slow down on that we just need to slow down and spongebob didn't need that spongebob didn't need that spongebob <laughs> was doing just fine without it and uh but <laughs> 
I will say that is not what I had anticipated when I woke up today <laughs> being talking about uh, during our podcast that SpongeBob would be gay. That was interesting. Um, and I will close with this, and this is a hot, but I want to I want to take a minute to just talk on this. It is is what's going on in Minneapolis and in our culture. And I'll, I want to give praise to Isaac, who wrote a great article. You can check it out on our website, theinfinitybros.com. Uh, there's a thing called The Daily Snap, where we'll write articles or we'll have guests write articles for us. Isaac really put some eloquent words from the perspective of, I think, a white male. <laughs> um, and I think that is important to preface before you read this. Um, I, I read that article today, Isaac, and was just head nodding. I just th- firmly, firmly feel like that uh, affirms what we as the Infinity Bros really stand by. We've had a couple conversations, the six of us on the side about this. We do have differing political opinions. I know that might be crazy to some people. Um, if you've listened to a show with me, me and Mark, that doesn't surprise you in the slightest. Um, but uh, I, I really thought Isaac did an eloquent job of speaking to that subject. Um, and I just want to say out loud that um, I think black lives are incredibly valuable and incredibly important. And we need to do something to make sure that they are okay. And on the flip side, we need to have a lot of patience with each other. We need to have a lot of patience in society with each other. And there's a lot of people grieving right now. We need to be okay with people grieving. And uh, we need to, as a as a community, step and rally around the people that are grieving right now and resource them and stop speaking ill. And in particular, we need to stop making everything so political. We need to just quit worshiping a donkey and an elephant um, because there's too many people that are ignoring the issue for the sake of a specific party or there's too many people going too far with that issue and doing things that are costing other people things or harming other people um, in the name of a symbol. And so uh, I'll, I'll leave it at that. Isaac, would you add anything onto that on behalf of the Infinity Bros? No, I've been talking to a lot of people about this whole thing. I mean, like Max mentioned, we're very close to this issue. I mean, we're literally a 30-minute drive to Minneapolis, uh, both, of, both of us and a lot of the Infinity Bros. And it's... <clears throat> It's, it's something that has been on my mind for a long time, but I've been refraining from from saying anything on social media just because I, I'm just having a hard time processing uh, how to say what I'm gonna say and I don't want I don't want to come off as you know uh, insensitive to anybody and and so this was kind of the result of all of the combination of the conversations that I've had, the thoughts that I've been going through over the past uh, like month or, or it hasn't been quite a month yet probably, but um, just just everything is kind of just word word uh, vomit onto that article. And um, yeah, I, I'd encourage you guys to go check it out. I think I think I, I did write it. I mean, obviously I don't I don't have any other perspective to write it from besides a, a white guy because that's what I am. Um, well, but I, I, I just wanted to preface that for people. That right. Are no. Like yeah. Yeah. No. Sending told, the article out. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, to some I, I totally people that, that is important. Right. Yeah. And and I I you know at the end of my article I, I made that clear like I I you know I don't have uh, any other perspective to to go from so this is this is what I'm going from but I f- I feel like everybody can read that article and take something out of it because it, it is very um, vast in in the topic matter uh, it's called the art of silence so yeah definitely check that out on the daily snap uh, theinfinitybros.com so. Um, yeah, and uh, appreciate all the feedback that I've been getting from it as well. So thank you. Cross Nitro, you don't have to say anything on this subject. We, I just feel like we haven't had an episode since this has happened, so I feel like we needed to p- 
put something there. Anything you'd like to add before we move on? Uh, just to kind of echo a lot of what you guys have kind of been saying, I guess. Like, we, you know, you guys are obviously right at the heart of where all this kind of started. And we've been seeing a lot of mass movements here. We live in, we're in Virginia. So we're kind of like at the heart of, you know, the South, pretty much, where all of this took place. So there's, there's been mass movements here. And we kind of mentioned it already in our podcast, but just to preface to say that, you know, like, Kind of, I think you said it well, Max, in terms of like, there's very much a, and this is me speaking not only as, as a white guy, but also as a foreigner, as someone who came from outside of the country, who's looking in, and this country is very much, people define themselves by their political beliefs, and they've never really stopped warring over those political stances with each other. Um, but this is definitely a time to forget your political stance and look at, you know, and if I can, you know, I don't know how, you know, biblical you guys get on your show, but the sermon that we've seen today from our pastor, which is very much talking on the point of our main goal is nothing but to show love. We're meant to show love to people. If there's people that are hurting, if there's people that are struggling, if there's people that are dealing with issues, then our job is to show them love. Um, and a lot of the black community, especially, but you know, different minorities are also jumping in on that. Not just here in the states, but around the world. There's been mass protests across in my home country, in the UK, across Australia, across Europe. People are jumping on this because they're realizing there's an issue. And our response is to show them love. Not to judge, not to hurt, but to listen. Yeah, and I think from my perspective, I've just I've just realized how ignorant I am of the entire situation and subject. So, um I like you, Isaac. I've been I've been trying to not say a whole lot from my end and just kind of do some research on my end and do some learning on my end and some education on my end. So um that's been my main motive operation right now and i would like to speak to uh cross you mentioned uh just you know treating people um with love and that's kind of how i capped off that that article is that you know um we you know and we aren't uh we don't really go through our um our personal like religious beliefs too much on on our show but we're all christian guys and and we um you know haven't really touched on that too much in in either our shows or our articles or anything like that but in that article i do mention at the end that you know what jesus was a guy who um treated people with love and that's what the his motivation behind every single thing that he did was he loved them and i think we need to you know um uh obviously uh follow in his footsteps and and treat everybody around us and everybody that we meet on the internet and everybody that we meet across the globe uh, with love and and if we if we're doing that i mean things are going to go um in a much more positive direction the, the the problem is that i mean people don't see the need to treat other people with love so so yeah that's what i kind of capped off um, my article with so that's that's a good point thanks for mentioning that well i uh i, I want to close out with a quote i got but also um if you're somebody that's like hey i, I really haven't understood this what are some next steps and Everybody's saying stuff on Inst- on Facebook and like Twitter and Instagram and stuff. But I would just say the simple steps are research like Nitro is talking about. Take your own time to research and check out things. A great first place to start is to read Isaac's article. And I'm not just plugging it because Isaac wrote it. I'm plugging it because it's eloquent and I stand by it and I agree with it. 
But also, I think it's really important to have conversations with your inner circles about this. And it will take time, but if we all work together towards it, there can be actual actual reconciliation, not fake cultural reconciliation. And I'll leave it at that. I want to close with a quote I got from a friend that I think is really just big, and um, I'll read this. It says, The followership of the resurrected king did not start with triumph. It started with tragedy. It started with betrayal, hate, and death. It started with a cross. Rebuilding the church will require beliefs to be pruned, ideologies to be rejected, and false perceptions of Jesus to die. Clinging to the false image of a Jesus that calls us to a comfortable couch and not to a cross got us into this mess. I'm losing hope in the church because I see too many Christians sacrificing their witness to follow a Jesus that is more concerned with the disruption of power and privilege than Jesus that weeps with the brokenhearted, serves the outsider, and comforts those who are oppressed. What will it take to rebuild the church to reflect God's kingdom? The answer put simply, the first step is for followers of Jesus to look in the mirror, wake up to the reality that we won't if we and wake up to the reality that we won't try to be part of the solution until we realize we are part of the problem. The problem put simply, many Christians will look away from the mirror and point to something beyond themselves as the real issue at hand that comes from cesar castellejos let's head over to the top five b we're going in three infinity bros two top five one list starts now every weekend we like to do a uh top five where we have some water cooler talk talk about something uh, in pop culture that's relevant to us yeah that was like a really somber ending of that but like we're gonna come <laughs> back we're gonna bounce back i promise um and we're gonna do this week because we have the comics in the cross guys the top five rogues galleries top five rogues galleries we like our experts as we call them to end last so isaac you will go first and i will go second isaac go ahead I mean, just like listening to the conversation that we've already had on this show, I'm probably the least experienced comic book reader out of out of this whole crew right now. So, um, forgive me if I if you, if I seem uh, feeble-minded with my top five list. But uh, okay, so I I do have one honorable mention, and it didn't make it on my top five because they have some very powerful ones, but not a lot of them. So the Fantastic Four. Um, they have, I mean, they have Doom, which you could arguably put up there in a top five best villains of all time. And then they've also got Galactus. So like those two super powerful villains kind of make up for, I mean, it's not, not to say that they don't have a lot of other great villains, but those are kind of like the big, the big ones in the Fantastic Four. So that was just an honorable mention. Moving on to my actual top five list. My number five is The Flash. Um, he's got a, I mean, he's literally got a group of, uh, villains that call themselves the rogues. Like, I mean, I, you, you really got to start there with, uh, with, uh, villains that team up against, uh, their superhero. Um, and there's a bunch of good ones like Captain Cold, um, Mirror Master, Gorilla Grodd, you got, uh, the Trickster, you know, Zoom, like, several different um like speed force type villains as well like he's just got a lot of good ones and and i think the flash uh cw flash show for as much as we've talked about cw i I apologize max that i'm bringing it up again they actually did a pretty good job at um 
at bringing in a lot of his villains. You know, they, they sure they focused on a, a bunch of speedsters, but I think they did a good job at at bringing in a bunch. And one of my favorite um, uh, appearances was Mark Hamill as as the old trickster in that show. That was that was a pretty fun uh, kind of like cameo appearance or whatever. He was is like it was it a whole episode. I don't remember what it was, but um, but yeah, that was yeah it was a whole yeah, episode. Was, that was kind of fun to see him in that role because he was in the '90s uh, Flash show, so. Um, my number four is Daredevil. Um, I think uh, he's got a, a list of, it's kind of like the Fantastic Four. He's got a couple heavy hitters and then, you know, kind of tapers off after a while. But like Kingpin, you know, he's arguably up there in the in the better villains and in comic books. And, and even though he didn't originate as a Daredevil villain, he's kind of thought of as a Daredevil villain. You've got Bullseye, you've got you know, Electra, who kind of is, you know, back and forth on his side and as a villain, uh, Electra in the hand, uh, Typhoid Mary, you know, you got a, got a couple good ones in there. So, um, my number three is, uh, the X-Men. Um, I don't know if that's cheating or not. Like it's a group of people. I guess I put the fantastic four on my honorable mentions as well, but the X-Men have a lot of awesome villains and, and kind of, you know, along the same lines as I was mentioning before, like you got some heavy hitters at the top with, you know, Apocalypse and uh, Sinister, um, like Juggernaut's up there. Magneto, obviously, is kind of the, the big one. Uh, Mystique, you know, it's, and those are ones that we've seen in some live action, you know, movies and stuff. So it's just kind of, they, they have a pretty good uh, um, gallery that they have been, They've been actually utilizing pretty well. So uh, even though the movies have not been uh, amazing, <laughs> to say the least, uh, we're actually just talking about uh, that in our group chat. Like, how how do you ruin? Like, we're talking about apocalypse. How do you ruin a movie with Sophie Turner and Oscar Isaac and or Isaac Oscar? Is it Isaac Oscar? Oscar Isaac? As Oscar Isaac? Like, how do you ruin a movie with those guys in it? Like, it's just. It's just sad. By doing what they did. Yeah, apparently. 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 So, yeah. So that bad writing and bad directing. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even. I didn't even. I haven't even watched watched Dark Phoenix. I haven't bothered to watch that because it just looks awful. So, um, <laughs> that's what I've heard. That's what I've heard. Um, my number two. Okay, so my number two and one. I had a really hard time deciding between them, and I'm I'm honestly sad that I had to come to this conclusion because I wanted to put my number two at one. My number two is Spider-Man. Um, it's no secret, obviously that Spider-Man's my guy. He's, he's who I talk about basically on every episode of the infinity bros podcast. He's got an awesome lineup of villains, you know, starting with your, um, green goblin, Norman Osborn, and, you know, going down the line with Doc Ock, Electro, uh, Rhino, Venom, uh, the lizard Sandman. I mean, there's so many good ones that they've utilized in a bunch of them as well. Of uh, the live action movies, and I, I honestly think that I, I really, really wanted to put this at number one, but my number one has to be Batman. Uh, he's just got such a good lineup. Like I, I'm, I just pulled it up earlier today, and I was just like looking at all of them, and I was like, like you know, you have those kind of crossover villains, like with, uh, with you know, Wilson Fisk. Um, the kingpin in he's like a spider-man villain but he's also a daredevil villain batman has so many villains that are like solely 
Batman villains and they're good villains and they're they're yeah and they're so fleshed out like and, and that speaks to Batman being a character since 1940 or whatever as well but a lot of them are, are more recent characters as well but I mean you've got Joker who you can obviously put at you know top three comic book villains of all time um then you know going on the, on the line with Catwoman Penguin Two-Face uh, you know, the the ones that we've mentioned before, Ra's al Ghul, uh, Bane, you know, you can even throw, like, Deadshot in there. I mean, Jason Todd, even, you could throw in there. Like, Scarecrow, this, Scarecrow is another awesome one that's, like, almost a solely Riddler. Uh, like, man, there's just so many good ones. And I think my, actually, my... We were talking about this earlier in the podcast, and I, and I when we were talking about it, I was like, yeah, there really is there really isn't a debate in my mind that Batman is number one. Um, but the Arkham video game series does such a great job at incorporating so many of his villains. And, and like you mentioned, you know, they have, um, the Hugo strange kind of the backbone in, in a few of them and, uh, Ra's al Ghul and, you know, all, all the different side, like the Riddler missions and all that stuff. Like they do such a good job at utilizing all his villains to their full, potential but and that that's why it's so sad to me that um it's not sad i shouldn't say that like it's sure if we get joker again cool but like he's got so many villains that just haven't been utilized on live screen right now so um i i would love to see a legitimate mr freeze um uh live screen like villain that would be that would be amazing but yeah so that's my list batman takes the cake for me he's it's it's it is a contest because I love Spider-Man a lot, but man, just looking at the characters themselves, Batman's got it for sure. I think we're going to have a debate more with who's at the top, so I'm just going to skim through my lower part. Uh, number five for me is going to be Flash, just like you, um, Isaac. I'd echo everything you're saying. Number four for me would be X-Men. Uh, I'd echo what you said about X-Men. Number three, this is where my list goes a little sideways compared to other people. I would put Batman here. Um, and I'm going to talk about that in a second. I'm going to talk about why I'm putting Batman there in a second. I'll do two is fantastic Four, and then number one is Spider-Man. And here's, and and for me, it's more of a battle between fantastic four and Spider-Man. And here's why I'm going to choose Spider-Man at the end of the day, more than fantastic Four. The question for me is, do these villains make a bigger impact on the bigger universe as a whole? Fantastic four does that because with Dr. Doom, Galactus, Kang the Conqueror is also one of the originators in there. True, you yeah. You can go through some other them. ones. They were fighting some heroes at first when they did it. Uh, th- there's just been some major powerhouses that have gone against Fantastic Four. I read that was the first comic I read as a kid. Like I had the masterpiece volume ones through three of like all their originals that Stanley did. It's like I just love those originals. I'm such a fan of those. Like Puppet Master. Nobody nobody cares about Puppet Master now, but like to me, I'm like that's so cool. Oh my gosh, it's so cool. Um. I'll leave Batman to the side because I think he's going to get talked about a lot. Where I'll advocate for Spider-Man 2 especially is Venom is the most popular character not named Joker in the history of comics, in my opinion. Um, Most popular villain. I think he's iconic. I think people really enjoy his character. He is a true foil to Spider-Man, just like with Batman's villains. Um, And you could make the same argument with a lot of those other villains. I mean, Vulture. Uh, just and and the rhino and all these like goofy like you know animal names that you know Stan Lee was clearly a, a 
off his rocker or very bored with names when he was coming up with these. Okay, side note, I was last year I reread like the original run of Amazing Spider-Man and it's amazing. Like the first 15 episodes, they just one after the other keep coming at him with those with those kind of like campy, you know, villains that end up turning into be pretty legitimate villains, but it's just so funny how they how they started out with all those guys. I would just I think the only reason I would give Spider-Man the edge is because I feel like they're a more integral threat to their character than Batman and Fantastic Fours. Like, every time that I see Batman really getting beaten is by either Joker or some big alien army. Like, that, those are the times that I'm seeing him get... I mean, sure, Bane got his... He broke his back one time, but, like, I, I'm, I, I think the point I make is Spider-Man's villains are coming for to kill him and to kill everybody else. Batman's villains are trying to hurt him so then they can come back a week later and they can do their play date all over again. <laughs> and Fantastic Four... Those guys have some powerhouses that they go yeah, against. They do. I they're mean, like, the scrolls, they're like galaxy level sake. powerhouses. They have like uh, Doctor Doom, my favorite villain of all time. Doctor freaking Doom. I mean, like, come on, dude. Like, Fantastic Four Rogues Gallery gets. I would. There's an argument to be made that could be the best on the list, but I would go Spider-Man simply because that's that's where I sit. So we'll pass it off to the experts, though. Nitro, we'll start with you. What is, what is your list? I'll just start from the bottom. So I have Flash, number five. Um, I have X-Men as number four. Um, keep in mind, there's a, there's a quite a few cool X-Men villains. Um, you have Strife, Mr. Sinister, Juggernaut, Mystique, Silver Samurai, the United States. I mean, let's be honest. Um, <laughs> yep, great point, great point. Um so for number three, it's actually a tie for second. So I I debated also putting Fantastic Four as number one for the exact same reason. Uh, I think they have some of the most powerful villains on the list. So you're talking about Galactus, Annihilus, Doctor Doom, Scrolls. And I didn't even say Annihilus. I forgot about Annihilus. Including yeah. Super Scroll. Um, you even had Namor, Namor in there at one point. King the Conqueror, Molecule Man, Puppet Master. So there's a, there's a ton of villains on fantastic four that could wreck shop on every single person on this list uh but i have them tied with spider-man and spider-man is also my jam isaac he's my favorite character in the comics uh besides spawn um but i mean he even has a collective of villains in his rogue gallery the sinister six and it's basically a rotating list of who's who of spider-man villains because they can come in and out exactly but you know you have electro dr ock mysterio sandman craven and vulture make up the original um, I think he has very interesting villains, and you have Norman Osborn and Kingpin kind of running the show and manipulating everybody behind the scenes. Um, but I have to give it to Batman um, just for the sheer number of villains that he have and how fleshed out almost all of them are. Um, and like you said, uh, uh, they're they're not maybe world conquerors or whatever or universe conquerors, but I think each of them are interesting in their own right. And I, I do think it's a shame that m- the majority of them haven't seen the silver screen. Um, but yeah, that's my list. So uh, Spider-Man and Fantastic Four tied for a second. There was a case in my mind for putting Fantastic Four first, but I can't get over the sheer number of, of Batman villains and how fleshed out they are. All right, Cross. What do you got, Cross? All right, so yeah, I'm pretty much echoing a lot of the same stuff that you guys have echoed already because... This was actually a lot harder than I thought it was because, like, when you think of certain people, like, I thought of stuff like Daredevil and I thought of stuff like that. And and I'm like, okay, yeah, who are their big villains? And I'm like, I can get, like, one or two people. And then the list starts to kind of go downhill. So my list is very much focused on 
the more kind of like pop culture of who the more recognizable list of villains who are the more fleshed out people not necessarily the power level of them and um, like who do you recognize more so like my number five again is a flash and um, a lot of people probably disagree on that like not all of his are massively well-known characters there's like you know, some are starting to get more well-known because of the CW, but beyond that, not really. But I, just, I love a lot of the characters, stuff like Captain Cold and Heatwave and Trickster and all that if you want to do the rogues. And then you can also jump into, you know, Eobard Thorne. You can jump into um, even the newest characters like Godspeed, somebody who's a brand new character since Rebirth, who's taken on a massive fan following. And um, they're really well fleshed out and the characters are a lot of fun. And... Um, Next one, I, I struggled with three and four, because but I think my number four is definitely going to be X-Men, just because, again, as a team, they have a massive amount of um, villains to face off against. We talked about like Magneto, you've sort of mentioned Apocalypse, Mr. Sinister, you know, and Phoenix Force to a certain extent, and Bolivar Trask and the Sentinels, and it, there's so many villains that are kind of iconic for X-Men. Um, and it's like so they're definitely on the list there as a team because i they are one entity within themselves so i think it definitely counts side note like i mean i love that you mentioned the u.s uh nitro because like they get into you know like it's kind of a funny thing there's there's a small pocket of people who who are always on twitter they're like don't put politics in my comics and it's like kind of what they were built on that's (laughs) like that's like the origin of the x-men is the politics behind the x-men and like the the fact that they have all of these things going against them almost come as like a villain that they're you know like discriminated against and you know all that stuff so i think that's that was a really good point that's one thing that i thought first class the movie did very very well was kind of portray that yeah true but yeah no politics are definitely a thing in comics if you want to know what politics are in comics look at captain america (laughs) issue one he's punching hitler on the front cover he's literally punching nazis like like, you know i mean it's like and regardless what anyone says the nazis were a political party so that's a political statement as much as anything else you know what i mean it's like exactly but yeah, I never understand that argument. But um, so my number three, I went uh, Fantastic Four for my number three. They do have some amazing, like powerful exactly villains, one hundred percent. I would argue though that the only ones that are kind of iconically known and are kind of at that level are Doctor Doom, who is one hundred percent one of my favorite villains in comics. The guy is phenomenal; does not get enough credit for what he does. Part of that's the crappy mm-hmm. Fantastic Four movies. <laughs> He does not get the credit he deserves. And the next big one after that is like Galactus and Silver Surfer. Like, beyond that, they're not as well known villains. Like, you know, if you want to go into like a. What about Kang, though? Are you going to give Kang or Molecule Man? I mean, if you're going household names, like, Kang's probably not up there. That's fair. That's fair. Kang is not a household name. He should be. Molecule Man. Man, if they made a movie with Kang, that would be epic. Kang will be a household name. Mark my words. He will. Kevin Feige's going to do it. I, I. I have a hard time thinking he doesn't do it. Especially if you start going into Kang's history and how, in fact, of like he's actually right. one of the young Avengers and it becomes Kang the Conqueror. If you start going into that, yeah. it's an amazing story. I love that story. I think it's a great thing. Uh, Molecule Man, probably one of the most powerful people in the Marvel Universe, helped Doctor Doom like reassemble the the universe, the multiverse, in the most recent Secret Wars. It's like, but nobody has a clue who they are though. That's that's the only reason Fantastic Four is that far down on my list. They've got amazing villains. Annihilus, I love the Annihilation wave. They're amazing. Like Annihilus is, he's just crazy. 
I love him. He's yeah. absolutely nuts. And like, and that's yeah. I didn't give any love to Annihilus, and I feel shame yeah. for that. Kang and Annihilus. It's like those guys deserve so much. Yeah. More. It's like, but the fact that they're not household names is the only reason I've got them kind of down that list that far. Otherwise, they would have been higher up. Um, next one above that for me, my number two again is Spider Man. Um, I believe, and my number one obviously is going to be Batman as well because he's definitely on the list. And those two taking the top spot is kind of everything that's been said already. I think they've got the most widest array of rogues that are the most well developed, well fleshed out, and that you can connect the most with. Because all superheroes, most superhero comics have been going on for decades. They've all got massive rogues galleries. Just most of them are crap, and they never come back. It's like you know, or you're Punisher and you kill them all. Um, <laughs> why does he not have a reoccurring villain because they're dead that's why um, <laughs> but like Batman and Spider-Man have got an amazing array of reoccurring villains who are constant threats constantly coming back who in terms of some of them are like threats to the wider universe you know maybe not even in main continuity but you want to see the threats it can be read the Injustice comics to see Joker like set up and basically take out Superman or make him take out his home city the whole thing of injustice happening is literally cause a joker. You know, Norman Osborn doesn't just be the Green Goblin, he himself becomes a threat to the whole Marvel universe. You know, it's like it's these characters can be iconic and I think that's the reason they're at the top and that's why Batman just sneaks in because even some of his lesser known characters are like well known names. You know what I mean? It's Condiment Man. <laughs> Condiment Man. <laughs> kind of it man yeah he's definitely the best out of all of those um we we kind of glanced over it with the political comment but like one one uh heroes rogues gallery that i thought about putting on my list was captain america um he's got a i mean for how long he's been a character it probably should be bigger like that's probably why he doesn't make the list because he's been a character since 1940 and you could probably only name one or two off the top of your head but I mean, you get yeah, Red Skull and right. Hitler. Well, Hitler, yeah, there you go. He's the biggest one of all, so he really should be number one, right? Um, but no. you've got <laughs> you've got you've got Baron Zemo or the the Barons. And, That's true, Baron Zemo, yeah. And uh, you've got Madame Hydra and Hydra itself. You know, you've you've got some good good content in there. But yeah, I, I think that it was why it didn't make anybody's list because after that, it's kind of like you fall off the wagon and. You can't think of anybody. So, Taskmaster, you could put you could put Taskmaster. Yeah, I, I considered Captain America, but I'm like his his villains aren't iconic. Who's the everyone says Captain America? Who's his villain? Red Skull. Yeah. Who else? And Hitler. Come on, Hitler's iconic, guys. Man, Punch, he punched Hitler once. He is Calm down. iconic. He's like Madonna. <laughs> we don't say his first name. We just call him Hitler. <laughs> Jeez, you're not exactly going to get it mixed up with anybody else, are you? Really? No, <laughs> no you won't. And and the topic I did not expect to talk about on our podcast. We're talking yeah, about welcome Hitler. in the world of the comics and the crossword. This is a normal thing. <laughs> we we just we covered it all tonight. We covered. We really it all. did. Hey, uh, thank you guys so much for coming on uh, Cross Nitro. It was awesome to hang out with yeah, you guys. Thank for you so much for having it. Good ninety minutes and uh, just uh, hear your your guys's uh, passions and your uh, you guys you guys know what you're talking about a little bit too. We'll have to bring you well, back. Thank you. I appreciate that. I think I think you passed. Sweet. I think we're gonna keep Nitro. We're gonna Sweet. let Nitro stick around. We're gonna let him stick around. It's okay. Most of our own community hates Nitro at this point for the things that he says he doesn't like. So it's <laughs> so, it's, so if you if you That's thought about it at about one about point, like pretty don't worry. much everybody on our show. Yeah, I've offended somebody on our podcast at least once. <laughs> 
It's okay. We we do that all. I think we offended people like earlier on. Remember, we used to get like crazy tweets when we first started. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I've, I try to crazy keep it. Tweet stage. I try to keep it on the DL, it. but you know, sometimes I like to get a little spicy on the social media. So. Sorry, sorry, I get carried away. <laughs> well, uh, real quick, you guys want to plug uh, plug your show for the listeners? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm Cross, and along with my co-host Nitro, we are the Comics and the Cross podcast. We are a live video ministry that streams off of Twitch, twitch.tv slash comics and the cross. Um, so you can go ahead and give us a follow on there. All of our shows are also archived, as we mentioned earlier in the show, on our YouTube channel. Um, just search Comics in the Cross and it should pop up. We're the only ones on there under that name. So um, You can find our shows up to episode 11 up there. And then episode 12 will be going up this week, which we recorded today. And then we're also across social media. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram, Comics in the Cross. And find us on Twitter under Comics and Cross. Because heaven forbid they make the tagline under Twitter long enough to fit comics and the cross. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> well, it there's like 50 people who have Infinity Bros. <laughs> who have like yeah, five followers. It was a struggle, and they don't man. Keep it, so our, our Twitter our Twitter handle is just a mess because there's like 6,000 people with Infinity yeah. Bros. on their Twitter handle. You, you maybe want to. Yeah, you should have planned that out before you changed the name just a little. <laughs> yeah, well. No, that's quick. That's that's a lot of judgment for a guy who's on his twelfth episode. All right, I'll leave it like that. <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> uh, but we will uh, include a link to check out these guys in our show notes. So just look uh, right under the description. We'll have a link there. Just click that. Yeah. Thanks for inviting and, us. Uh, thank you guys again for coming on. You guys are fantastic. We love you guys, and uh, you're you're a great uh, extension of the Infinity Bros universe. Make sure you get out to that corner of the Infinity Bros universe and check them out, Isaac. Uh, Real quick, before we leave, we started with Ahsoka. Uh, what did you have to do to name your dog Ahsoka? Uh, okay, so our, our previous dog was named Remus, and that was after Harry Potter. My wife's a huge Harry Potter fan. Uh, Remus Lupin is one of her fa- favorite characters, or uh, um, Sirius Black. So we uh, named him Remus, and so this time around, I was suggesting some, some of my own uh, nerdy names and ahsoka was one that stuck so that's what we went with okay good i just had to make sure we, we started with mm-hmm. it need to mm-hmm. close with it mm-hmm. get a good loop in the episode it's like oh, a yeah. finale. yeah there so, we go well isaac thanks for coming on man uh we'll see you soon and yeah. uh yeah tell your family who said hey and thank you listeners of the infinite Bros universe wherever you're listening however you're listening thanks for being part of you thanks for making us part of your day uh we love you and as always we love you 3000 we'll talk to you later see ya bye, bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Infinity Bros Podcast. You can find the Infinity Bros on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the Infinity Bros. Feel free to send listener feedback via email at infinitybrospodcast at gmail.com. <laughs>